Hey guys, and welcome back to the Decom Boom. Hi guys, welcome back. This is Sarah. And this is Nora. And we are sorry that we missed a week last week. It was not our fault. We had a little bit of a hiccup with the space that we record in, but it's all fine and we're back now. And better than ever, baby. Yeah, I mean, today we're doing a real heavy hitter. Yeah. This yes. is a big one. This is a really big one. Um, this is a movie that Nora and I both both really loved as kids. I mean, yep. it's so educational. I feel like this one, rewatching it, like everything came back. Like I definitely have seen this one a lot. Yep. Did you yeah. feel the same? Yeah, we um really loved this one. And it's it's very serious and it's the color of friendship, yep. which if you guys don't remember, is the decom kind of about apartheid. Very uh, much so about apartheid. Apartheid in South Africa. It's very like not dumbed down for kids at all which I love um it's amazing it's really good I know it it really is like I mean I'm sure we're going to talk about this more later but the overall impression that I was kind of left with after this was like I'm really angry and sad that we don't have more media like this for kids today like no I was because I feel like I've always had this thought with new Disney channel of like it just feels worse than we, when we were growing up and I've always been like well maybe it's just that I'm older and I'm seeing these little snippets of it it's because I'm older yeah now that we're re-watching these old decoms like the color of friendship like smart house no it was so much better when we were kids like yeah Disney Channel would never make something this good now like this movie is like it's a real movie it, yeah. it doesn't like talk down to kids at all it's very heavy subject matter they do not dumb it down and when I was little like I didn't understand the policies of South Africa, but I like I got the gist and I really like liked it and yeah. I was impacted by the story as a kid. And yet like as an adult watching it, I'm like, this is like well made. Like this is like it's a kids movie because like it's about two young girls. Right. But it's like very, very good. It has a good script, good acting. Um, it's just so much better than anything Disney Channel has put out in the last like eight years. Yeah, it's so true. And it, it's really cool, too, because, yes, obviously it tackles like racism and bigotry, which are two things we are familiar with as Americans. But when I first watched this movie, I didn't know literally a thing about South Africa or mm-hmm. like I, I just feel like all, all kids, but especially American kids, like really don't know what goes on in other countries. And I truly learned so much as a kid watching this. And, it you know, it kind of makes you like curious about like, whoa, like, what the fuck's going on in other parts of the world? Um, yes. And it's just so educational and it really proves that kids like can handle stuff like this. And yeah, like, yeah. you don't have to always speak down to them. Yes, yes. And I liked seeing a movie where the two parents were like smart yes. and responsible and like wise. Like in Disney Channel now, the parents are always such idiots. The kids have all yeah. the control. And it's like not that comforting to watch. Like it's nice to see two parents who like, are fully formed humans, which in this movie they are. No, um, I, I always think about when we do these movies how I feel bad that when we discuss them, I'm always like, and then the mom says, but like, 
it usually is because like the parents are just irrelevant. Yes. Like their names don't matter. And this they're was the false. only one that in my notes, I'm like Roscoe, Ugh. Congressman Dellums, because like they're fully fleshed out characters. Piper's parents in this movie, icons, legends. Uh. So some background before we jump in, this movie does take place in the 1970s, mainly in the US in Washington, DC, but it does tell the story of a white South African girl coming to stay with a black American family while her country was under apartheid. Yes. So for anyone who doesn't know what apartheid is, it was a system of institutionalized racial segregation. It existed in South Africa and Southwest Africa, which is now Namibia, from 1948 to the early 1990s. Um, We're gonna talk a little bit more about it and like about the history of South Africa like a little later in the episode, but that's what you need to know at the top to understand. This movie is also based on a true story. Yes. You know, not only the stuff about what's going on in South Africa is, is true, but it follows a real American congressman and his family. Yes, the girl Piper, whose family is the host family that this girl from South Africa comes to stay with. Uh, She wrote like a short story and this movie is based on that. And just a couple things about uh, Ron Dellums before we start. So he was a member of the U.S. House of Representatives from 1971 to 1988. Um, He was later the mayor of Oakland from 2007 to 2011. Um, And yeah, I mean, he campaigned to end apartheid policies in South Africa beginning in 1972. And I think this is really cool. Um, So he co-sponsored the Comprehensive Anti-Apartheid Act of 1986, which basically called for sanctions against South Africa and had like, you know, preconditions for lifting those sanctions, which included the release of political prisoners, but obviously just was basically them being like, you need to give your people human rights and stop being a segregated country Um, but this this I found really interesting so Ronald Reagan vetoed the bill calling for quote constructive engagement with South Africa instead of sanctions Ronald Reagan is such a bitch I (laughs) couldn't agree more with that statement Nora but this is what's so cool because the bill had bipartisan support like both Democrats and Republicans Uh, were like we like this so I know so a Democratic controlled House and a Republican controlled Senate overrode Reagan's veto making it the first override of a presidential foreign policy veto in the 20th century wow isn't that cool that's really cool yeah yeah, so and then um, just one other thing about Ron Dellums, he he died in 2018. But yeah, this movie really like shows a little slice of his life and the work he did and his family. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's really cool. And also, I just think it's important to note that we're going to filter in history throughout the recap. We're going to provide as much context as possible. But it would be 10 hours if we covered yeah. everything that was going on in South Africa this time. We're not going to be able to touch on South Africa, what's happening now as much as we would like to. Yeah. Um. So we encourage you to do your own research. And if we say anything that seems incorrect to you, please tell us. Um. We did the best we could with research. But if we said everything we wanted to say, this episode would be six hours long. Um, so bear with us. We're going to try our very best. And yeah. yeah, and that's so true, Nora. And kind of just brings me to another thing I wanted to say, which is like, yeah, this movie is about racism and we are two white women. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we are not experts on anything we're going to discuss. No. And we're not like the voices that matter. We just happen to have a podcast about decoms. And this yes. is one of the best decoms ever. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to listen to us talk about this, that's really valid. That's really fair. We are two white women. <laughs> yep. Um, but we are going to like do our very best to handle the subject matter with care. Um, yeah. Another just kind of like content warning is that this movie does have um, racial slurs, which we obviously won't be saying. No. But we will be like talking about the scenes that have like overt displays of racism. So that's just like a content warning. Yep. Again, we're going to try really hard to be very sensitive to it, but just note that. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so this movie premiered on February 5th, 2000, uh, during Black History Month, which that was our goal was to put this episode out during Black History yes, Month. Yes, yes. We didn't make it with our uh, scheduling hiccup, but yes. Happy Black History Month, one weekly. I know. I feel like this movie, they they would play it like every February on yes, Disney Channel yes. as keep- kind of part of that. Yeah. For sure. The Disney Plus description keeps it really short and sweet. It's just two girls from different backgrounds learn the true color of friendship. <laughs> true. <laughs> which really doesn't even like close to like touch on what this movie's about like I know there is a big push to talk more to kids especially white kids about racism but I still feel like it's always this like cutesy everyone is brothers and sisters shit that like doesn't actually like address the issues and this is very much not that yeah and people seem to have really like revisionist history with like people sorry conservatives now being like yes i don't we don't need to talk about kids about race like that's so serious i'm like this was one of our favorite movies yes. when we were little like kids can have those conversations like i wasn't like offended by this movie no. i was like oh this is like a serious issue and like this is a good way to learn about racism and I didn't feel like this movie was like inappropriate for me to watch as a child not at all and it's so true because I know like the critical race theory being taught in schools thing is such a hot button issue right now and like couldn't agree more Nora like watching this as a kid I wasn't at all like why are they making the white girl mean like I'm nice like not at all I was like oh like her attitude is fucked up and like this is a really important like right thing to correct and no it's it's such bullshit it's always when adults say that like this will hurt kids it's because they feel triggered it's not because they're worried kids will feel triggered because kids have very expansive minds like they're capable of being like oh shit, like if people are hurting other people, I want to like learn about that and not be part of that. Um, Do you want to guess the Rotten Tomato score? Yeah, I'm going to be super optimistic, like 95%. Yeah, so something that's cool is that the like tomato meter, which I guess is like critics decide that, I don't know, it got a 100%. In that, Damn, yeah. good, good. But the audience score, I mean, it's still good, but not good enough. It's a 77%. Oh yeah, that's too low. Yeah. It's so good. Well, I'm ready to jump into the recap if you are, Nora. Me too. Okay. So we begin in Washington, D.C., as we said, in 1977. We're seeing shots of the Washington Monument, the White House. Um, And every time I turn around, Back in Love Again by LTD Uh, is playing. So good. really good soundtrack in this movie. Really good soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely. They did a really good job of like nailing the vibe of the 70s, but like in such a subtle way, they didn't hit you over the head with it. I completely agree. I saw some critiques of this movie that it didn't feel like the 70s. It felt too modern. And I actually really disagree. I think that like, you know, the 70s weren't that much different than today. Like I think they did a good job of like, they didn't go over the top with it, which I liked. I agree. Um, So yes, we meet our protagonist, Piper, who is the 13-year-old daughter of Congressman Ron Dellums, who we mentioned. And she's at her house, and she is, like, all excited. She's asking one of her little brothers, like, when is dad going to be home? And we see that she is, like, trying to send a message to her dad. Yes. So she is, like, putting on a record, which we later learn is drummers from Senegal. Mm -hmm. And she is, like, looking for a necklace she has that has lion's teeth. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see that she really, really wants to be part of this foreign exchange program where a student from Africa will come stay with her family. Yes, yes. And this actress is so cute. She's Canadian, right? Yeah. I know. What's her name? Her name is Shadia Simmons. Oh, she's such a legend. 
I know you like immediately love her and care about her. I know she's <laughs> just so likable and she's so cute. Oh, I love her. So their dad does get home and he's in a suit. He's coming from work and we see that Roscoe, their mom, is just getting dinner on the table. Mm-hmm. We just have to talk about how stunning this actress is who plays the mom. Roscoe. She's just the most amazing woman ever. She's so beautiful. And uh, she's such a good actress in this movie. She's definitely like one of the best adult actresses we've had in a Disney film. I think Um, like best decom acting of all time is this one. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's great. Like she really She's so natural. Definitely favorite decom parent. I know. I wish we had done that like uh We'll do it again and we can say her. It's it's Roscoe. Um, But yeah, so the Delms family is like getting ready to have dinner and uh, Roscoe asks her husband like, how was your day? And he says he had like three subcommittee meetings and a White House luncheon. So he is a busy politician. Yes. And um, he's kind of like, wait, what is this music reacting to the the African drummers that Piper has put on? And she's like so proud, like, daddy, it's drummers from Senegal. And he's kind of like, oh, okay, like not really impressed. And he's like, okay, don't tell me you're still hung up on this student exchange thing. Yes. And she's like, dad, come on. The deadline is tomorrow. Like, this would be a great opportunity. And the dad's kind of like, uh, I don't know. He's not really budging yet. And then we see that later that night, Ron and Roscoe are talking in their bedroom before bed. And basically, he just like doesn't understand Piper's fixation on this. He's like, what, like, what's the deal with this? Like, where would this student even be from? Mm -hmm. And Roscoe's like, anyone from the continent of Africa would make Piper happy. Like, that's all she cares about. She just really wants to kind of like connect with her heritage more. Yep. And... The dad starts to be like, you know what? Maybe this actually would be good to kind of like bridge the divide between black Americans and black Africans. Like I could actually see this kind of being beneficial. And Piper's eavesdropping and she like hears him start to like crack. And so she runs in and she's like, thanks, dad. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God. And she says, I wonder what country she'll be coming from. And the dad's like, how do you know it'll be a she? Um, and that makes us think that it's going to be a boy, but actually it's something different. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <Nora. laughs> it's so true. But as they're saying that, so as they're like, maybe it'll be a boy, we do immediately cut to a boy's face. Yes. And now we are in Dundee, South Africa. And yep. this boy is working at a restaurant. He's kind of like a bus boy. Yep. And he's black. And we quickly see that like all the patrons in this restaurant are white. Yes. Well, yeah, this is what's so interesting about South Africa at this time is 80% of the population is black. So like this minority of whites is just controlling everything. Yeah. And that just goes to show like how much like force and just like, yeah, really, really restrictive policies were used. Um, They, yeah, they banned all like um, black political parties Mm -hmm. and there were obviously, we're going to talk more about it, but yeah, so many restrictions on like what black citizens could do. Yeah. Um, Horrible. Because yeah, like part of it was also like trying to keep people that were activists and, you know, like politically minded from like organizing and from talking to each other yes, because they do have the numbers on their side. Absolutely. So yes, we see this young man who is working at this restaurant. He is uh, like pouring water for somebody when we first see him. And now we meet um, Mari. She's 14 and she's white. Yep. And she's eating at this restaurant with her mom and little brother. Her brother's name is like Rian, I think. It's like, it's spelled like Ryan with an I, but I feel like when they say it, it's like Rian. Right. Yes. Okay. Is some, yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay. And he's like little. He's kind of ginger vibes. 
He is ginger. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so they're eating and Mari kind of similar vibe to Piper is on her mom's case. She's like, you have to like ask dad about this exchange program yes. I want to do. Yeah. So Mari wants to go to America to do this exchange program. And the mom's like, well, I'll have to like ask your father. And then Mari's dad enters in uniform. We learn that he is a police officer in South Africa and he comes into the restaurant and he tells them that they caught this man named Stephen Biko. He's an activist in South yeah. Africa, but they're uh, describing him as like basically aggressive and an agitator. Yeah, they call him a troublemaker. A troublemaker. Too. Yeah. Because he was fighting against the South African policies at that time. Stephen Biko was a real person. Mm -hmm. He worked alongside Nelson Mandela. Um, and he was an activist. We'll definitely talk more about him later because he does like come up again in the yes. plot. But yeah, he, everything Nora mentioned, he was also at the forefront of um, the black consciousness movement yes. in the 60s and 70s. So they do start talking again as a family about this foreign exchange thing. And Mari makes her pitch to her, to her dad. She's like, you know, it'll give me extra credit. Help me get into college. And... Then her mom is like, you know, I think if she stays with a responsible family, like, it's fine by me. So then the dad is like, you know what? Yeah, sure, you can go. They're all happy eating their food. But then we see that same um, bus boy that we saw earlier. And he's carrying a busing tray. And this white guy who's standing up talking to people at a table turns around abruptly without looking back and, mm -hmm. and knocks into him. So the bus boy drops his tray and it like splashes sauce on the white man's uh, pants. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he says like, excuse me, sir, I'm sorry. And this scene is, yeah, like just heads up very upsetting. So while he's bent down picking up the tray, this white guy kicks him and says a racial slur that is um, particularly common in South Africa. It's like the most vile racial slur in mm -hmm. South Africa. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, obviously like a very upsetting scene and yeah. Mari's family is just like pretty unbothered by pretty it. Pretty unbothered yeah. by it. I did want to share like a couple things I researched about hate speech in South Africa that I thought were pretty yeah. interesting. Um, so there actually is this bill called the Prevention and Combating of Hate Crimes and Hate Speech Bill that was introduced in 2016 and it hasn't passed yet. It still sits before the South African National Assembly. Um, and it's very controversial because it would like criminalize hate speech, including this word that the man says in this scene. So some of the stated intentions of the bill include to, quote, provide for the prevention of hate crimes and hate speech and to, quote, provide for effective enforcement measures against people who like use these kinds of words. Um, so it is like really controversial because it would move um, hate speech from civil courts to criminal courts and therefore there could be like jail time for using hate speech mm -hmm. um, but there also like already is some precedent for people in South Africa serving jail time for using hate speech when it's in like ways like there was a woman that was like caught on video just like saying this word like 40 times and so mm -hmm. she did serve jail time because there is this other bill that has already passed in South Africa in 2000, um, it's called the Promotion of Equality and Prevention of Unfair Discrimination Act. Um, and it, it does forbid hate speech and like racially motivated harassment. I think that just shows how like much of a problem yeah. hate speech is there. Yeah. So we go back to Mari's house and we see her talking to her housekeeper, Flora, um, who is black, about the foreign exchange program. And when Flora hears that she's going to be going to America, she kind of perks up and she's like, oh, I feel like America could be really good for you because she knows that although America's far from perfect when it comes to race, she knows it's way better than South Africa in the 70s. Yes, yeah. She says to Mari, she's like, 
I think, yeah, like definitely pay attention while you're there. Like they think really differently over there. And Mari kind of just misses this. And she's like, Flora, I'm going to America to have fun, not learn. I know. I'm like, Mari. And it just shows how like sheltered she is in the sense that like yeah she just like hasn't even thought about like how other countries are going to be different from hers this is something that i thought was interesting about this movie and i could be completely wrong do you think that like it's normal that she would have no context of what america is like um i think she might not i I, again i'm like basically just speculating but i think like at least like her school wouldn't harp on like how it's different from like a racial standpoint right right, because they don't want her thinking that like th- that's yeah, possible right and, that's and she is still pretty young and we've seen that her family is like so gung-ho for the government now we go back to dc and we see piper walking with her two little brothers and one of her friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know we, there's a really exciting cameo so this is a can- this is a canadian movie we've seen so many degrassi cameos and in this movie we get my favorite degrassi Same. character of all time Same. jt jt is here i love jt and he's so cute and tiny in this movie oh i will always love him me too he's so the best degrassi character of all time my king jt couldn't agree more r.i.p jt stand for life oh my god that was one of the saddest moments of television his tragic death he was stabbed he was okay literally he like got his girlfriend pregnant and then he got addicted to pills and then he was selling pills and both jt and claire i was like you're giving them too much stuff it's like why is claire getting cancer and giving birth to a stillborn baby in one season i would never send my child to degrassi (laughs) high because they (laughs) They are getting pregnant they are getting sexually assaulted they are going to die they're going to do hard drugs they're going to get cheated on any scenario that a high schooler could go through degrassi was like put it in just ask educational just ask aubrey graham (laughs) jimmy jimmy Yes, no, it was educational. I, But, you know, just like we're saying, Nora, I could handle that shit when I was 13, oh, yeah, and I'm I lo- glad I did. Oh, I love Degrassi. But Degrassi <laughs> would, like, make me feel so sad. I it feel was like, like that maybe was too much for me, some Degrassi episode. Maybe it was. I feel like I treated it like my soap opera. Like, I didn't process yeah. any of what I watched. I was just like, haha. Oh my god, I remember like the Riley storyline where he was like a football player that was gay and just like he handled it in such an aggressive way that it made me so sad for him and like yeah. it would make me like it would pain me to watch. No, that honestly was really sad. It was there so were some sad. really dark moments. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. For oh, Emma when she got like caught with pot in college and like and she sold out her yeah, her boyfriend got expelled. <laughs> and she was just like, sorry, they thought it was you. She was crazy. Um, yes, no, Degrassi forever, JT is in the scene, and he comes back a couple times throughout the film. Oh, he's so amazing. But yeah, so Piper is walking with her two little brothers, JT, (laughs) and her friend Daniel, who's, like, closer to her age, who we learn is Nigerian, Mm -hmm. and they're talking about, you know, getting this exchange student from South Africa, and Piper and her brothers are, like, asking Daniel, like, can you help us prepare? (laughs) And he's like, why does it have to be me? And JT, whose name is Billy, is like, because you're African, even I know that. (laughs) Daniel is like, well, like, South Africa is really far from Nigeria. Like, I don't know that much about South Africa. And they're like, oh. (laughs) No, and this is so real. Like, I, I think about this a lot, how, like, I think American kids, like, at, like, especially, like, yeah, like, eight, nine, ten, like, have no concept of, of Africa or, like, what goes yeah. on there. No, Americans have bad geography because we weren't really, like, taught geography that much in school. No, whenever we learned about the world, it was, like, the ancient world. Yeah. We didn't learn about, like, modern day history except for America and, like, World War II. 
we weren't taught like the stuff I feel like we should know. Completely agree. <laughs> I could I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's like why are we talking about the fertile crescent again? I know it's like I would like to know where the countries are. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> but yeah, Daniel is like, guys, I'm hardly an expert, but then he does know some stuff. Like he's like, yeah. okay, like, you know, they have apartheid there, which is like the word apart. Um, and he's like, there are a lot of problems there between black and white citizens. Yeah. And Piper reveals here that like unsurprisingly because of who her dad is like she does know some stuff about this and she's like yeah like you know black south africans are treated pretty horribly and he's daniel's like see you do know some stuff and then he says that there are nine tribes in south africa and they all speak different languages Mm -hmm. so i did just look this up out of curiosity um so south africa has nine official languages wow um english and afrikaans are two of them um afrikaans is derived from the form of dutch spoken by colonizers who arrived there in the 17th century and then there are seven other indigenous african languages and of the nine official languages zulu is the most common followed by kosa and then there are seven others as well but those are like the two most common languages in south africa Mm. so then we cut back to mari and she is kind of outside with Flora and she's talking about like, oh, I'm going to America. And she reveals that she's going to be staying with a congressman and she pronounces his last name like Delums. And Flora's like, that kind of like strikes Flora. And she's like, do you mean like Delums? And then Mari's like, no, Delums. She's like being so shady to her. But we see that Flora is kind of registering that name and we're like, does she like know about him and she asks mari she's like wait did you send them like a picture of yourself yeah and mari is like the application didn't call for one flora plus like i hate all the pictures i have of myself and flora's (laughs) like got it so they probably don't know you're white yeah that's the subtext she doesn't say that 100 (laughs) percent. yeah and then mari's little brother gets home and he like runs into the backyard where they are and he has this little bird in a cute little wooden cage and he says it's a weaver bird and he doesn't know what it eats. And so Flora's like, oh, they eat seeds. And Mari and her brother are like, Flora, how do you know? And she's like, oh, there were a lot of these birds in my village. And I would like watch them when I was a little girl building their their nests, which were like these really giant complex structures. And it was really cool to watch them because they would all be different colors and they're not even like necessarily related but they'll still build nests together and like coexist in these structures and it would make me wonder why people couldn't be more like them yes yes and they also say like oh were they in cages and flora's like no they were free (laughs) right and it's kind of like okay symbolism okay metaphor got it got it got it exactly and after flora says this truly beautiful thing about like how the birds would work together even though they were so different from each other mari the bitch that she is yeah just like People are not birds, Flora. The things you say sometimes. Like, she's so rude to her. She's uh, so rude to her. She's and so I'm privileged. Just like, Mari, it's called, like, yeah, it's called symbolism. You don't have to be thinking so literally. I know. She thinks she's above Flora's wisdom. I know. She's and it's not. What a joke. I know. What a joke. <laughs> I know. And it's just that really problematic thing where Mari is like, Flora's my bestie. And it's like, no, she's not. You don't respect her. Yeah. And it's like, she's your employee. Yeah. Also, I did just want to, I did a little bit of research on weaver birds and like, honestly, I do just want to say a quick spiel about them because they're so cool. We're going to have to like post a photo of their nests on Instagram because they're like huge. Wow. Um, so yeah, weaver birds, that's like a larger group of bird, but the ones Flora is talking about are found in South Africa, Namibia, and Botswana. And this type is literally called sociable weaver birds. How cute is that? 
their nests can weigh up to a ton or more and can be 20 feet wide and 10 feet tall. <gasps> Damn. And Damn. like these like little communal homes contain hundred like a hundred or more nesting chambers or apartments. Apartments? <laughs> yes. And Cute. like literally like they'll be passed on like through the generations like a bird might live in like a structure that like his grandmother helped build how cute is that that's really cute i love that yeah so basically mari is preparing to leave and the dad is kind of like negging her being like you're gonna be so homesick like in a week you'll be back here back in your bed and mari's like no i won't and the dad's just kind of like just saying that she won't be able to do it which is rude and then Flora is sending her off and she has her stuff packed. And she says to Mari before she leaves, like, like pay attention when you're there. I love um, that moment. I know. Because it's I really also good. just feel like pay attention is like more all profound than it seems. Yeah. Like just like literally we could all pay more attention. Yeah. Like, no, it's really true. I know. I, obviously she means it here. Like pay attention to the lack of segregation but like also just like yeah whatever you're doing fucking pay attention like learn from what's going on keep I your think eyes it's open it's also like very prevalent to the way that white people handle racism today of like no you shouldn't be leading the chance at the marches you shouldn't be like inserting your opinion into every racial argument it's just like listen listen like that that really is the most perfect advice to give her just pay attention and then also, so Mari's little brother runs outside and he has this little flag that is black and green and yellow. And Mari's like, where'd you get this? Like, this is the flag of the South African troublemakers. And Flora takes it. Um, it's unclear to me, like, where it came from. Like, I think it's, there's two possibilities. I think either it's something that the dad confiscated from somebody as a police officer and, like, for some reason brought it home. Or it's Flora's. Yeah. Um, I think either one is possible. Like we obviously know that Flora is sympathetic to this cause, but we also know that she's like probably needs to be really careful, but yes. we do see she kind of has like a spot for all her right. stuff like this later. So it probably is from that. And I know they live in like kind of, um, probably like a pretty private community, but they, the brother did say he found it in the street. Oh, so it's possible that also someone just like dropped it, but I okay. it could be, I could see it being Flora's. Okay. No, thank you. I kind of missed that moment. I was like, where did he find this? But okay. Yeah, that is true. It could, could have been someone else's entirely, but, um, Flora does like take it from him. And as Mari's car drives away, Flora like is looking at the flag. And yeah. then we see Flora in her room and she's like looking through this little box and we see that she finds a news clipping of Congressman Dellums about kind of fighting against apartheid in South Africa. So like we see that Flora was right and is Dellums and she was remembering this name because she had read about the congressman. Right. So now she's like, oh, damn, Mari is going to stay with an anti-apartheid activist. Like, this could get interesting. So now we do go back to D.C. and we do see Congressman Dellums speaking to reporters. And one of the reporters is like, oh, but like, you know, South Africans say that they treat all their citizens humanely. And he's like, well, black South African babies die at a rate 13 percent higher than white ones. And honestly, like this whole little it's a quick moment, but like. I loved to hear this kind of talk in a decom because he's mm -hmm. like lack of jobs, inadequate housing, food shortages. Yes. I was like, yes, decom getting political. Literally so political. And I did want to point out at this point that fun fact about the real Ron Dellums, first openly socialist person to win a congressional race as the non-incumbent after World War II. So Piper and Roscoe are actually there and they go up to 
run and they're like, hey, we just they had just watched his speech, which apparently not that many people showed up to, which they're like, that sucks because it was really important and well done. Yeah. Um, And they tell him, like, we're about to go pick up Mari from the airport. We'll like swing by later to introduce you guys. So now we're at the airport and Piper and Roscoe see a girl wearing a headscarf and they're like, oh, my God, that must be her. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. <laughs> um, and then Mari walks walks out. Yeah. And she walks right past them. And then they're like, I wonder where she is. They go to an airport employee and they're like, oh, like we're supposed to be meeting um, this student here, Mari Bach. And then Mari from behind them goes, I'm Mari Bach. And they turn around and they're like, this girl is white. Yeah, they're <laughs> shocked. They're shocked. so shocked. And I love it because Piper, Piper says with disgust, she's white. <laughs> yeah, true disgust. Honestly, good for her. <laughs> totally good for her. This is not what she envisioned. And Roscoe recovers like very quickly. Like she collects herself and she says, Mari, hi. And she like extends her hand. Mari does not take the hand. And so Roscoe is quickly like, got it. Okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah, and Mari is like, I'm supposed to be met by the congressman. Um, and she says, Delumes again. <laughs> and then Roscoe is like, oh, yeah, uh, Delums, yep. And then she's like, I'm Roscoe and this is Piper. But she doesn't reveal yet that they're the congressman's family. She just says their names. Right. Um, and so Mari is very much treating them like they are her staff. She's like, those are my bags. Could you get them? She's not assuming that this is the congressman's family. She be- thinks they're like the staff. Yeah. yeah. They do all leave together. And now we're at the Capitol building. And Roscoe walks in to go talk to her husband and tell him what's up. And we see a room full of politicians just kind of like chatting casually in a room. Mm -hmm. And Roscoe walks in and like tries to warn Ron about what's going on. Um, But he's just like all excited. He's like, oh, is she here? Send her in. (laughs) And (laughs) so Piper and Mari walk into the room. And Mari sees that this room is filled with um, black men in suits and like, her racist brain like literally does not compute it she's like wait what and the congressman locks eyes with mari and and this is so like i feel like this definitely did go over my head as a kid when i was a kid i was like oh i thought it was kind of as simple as like they thought she was going to be black and she thought they were going to be white but like i didn't really get the extra layer of the fact that like the congressman is like oh this child's going to be racist as hell right yeah because he knows a lot about south african politics and he's like this is not going to be good Right, right. So that is kind of like him being like, oh, shit, what have we gotten ourselves into? Yeah, and it's also because, I mean, this is 1977 in America. Like, America's pretty racist at this time. Yeah. Uh, It still is. It still is, yeah. But, um, so it's also just like this congressman's probably like, I don't want, like, this racist kid around, like, my daughter who probably is encountering racism at school as well. And now, like, she's going to be around racism at home or, like, the one place I can protect her. Yes, sucks no i know that that is the biggest thing to me as we'll see later ron and roscoe have like different beliefs about whether or not she should stay and that like makes so much sense to me that as a parent you'd be like listen i i hope this girl does change but like why does she have to be around our kids because like that could really like like hurt them yes um so like yeah that's a really really valid like way to react of just like i don't want this in my house so um roscoe piper and mari leave the building and piper and her mom are walking ahead and mari is like trailing behind them not really listening to they're them. like gossiping about her and she's like very much an earshot she's like, like two feet behind like, this is so awkward what do we do <laughs> I know. And she's like right there the mom kind of said roscoe not calling her the mom she's roscoe totally roscoe says this kind of 
iconic line at this point. She's like, you know, we both made assumptions. Like, we assumed she would be black, and yes. she assumed we would be white. Like, I love when she's bleh. like, we both assumed wrong. <laughs> like, her just clocking at that is really iconic Yeah, to me. she's like, listen, we both kind of, like, jumped ahead of the gun, and we're like, thought we knew what was up, and we didn't. Yeah. yeah. I know. It is kind of crazy to me, too, though. I know that white people are still the minority in South Africa, but, like, maybe check because it's not like there's no white people there i know no it, like, it, it, it was a mm. it was a funny assumption for them both to make. yeah because there's like there are some countries where like there's truly basically no white people but like south africa famously has some white people there like yeah. maybe check i feel like they should have at least like had it on their radar that this was a possibility yes <laughs> so uh roscoe and piper are like you know bringing mari back home and at the house, uh, the two cutie little brothers and Billy, a.k.a. JT, and the other friend Daniel, who we mentioned, the like older one who was telling them more about South Africa, mm-hmm. they are all kind of like preparing to welcome Mari back to the house. And Daniel says he's putting on Zulu music um, and they have like a big welcome sign and they have kazoos. I love to see my man JT at work. I love to see him working. I love to see him being a working actor. Mm, Go I JT. I love JT on Degrassi when I was little. I did too. Such a crush on JT always. He's such a ham. He is such a little cute. Such a class ham. clown. I know. And like always just trying to like, I don't know. He's he, kind of a flop in so many ways I too. know. He is. <laughs> That's what, like, I really the crush on Manny. Oh my God. I'm doing the penis pump episode. Oh. <laughs> And, like, him and Liberty always kind of made me sad because I feel like he never fully appreciated Liberty. Yeah, until it was she like, loved him so she much. She always loved him. Yeah. And I feel like he didn't, like... Just because he, again, as we were saying with Princess Protection Program, he felt really insecure about his status at school because mm. he knew he was a loser. So he, like, was like, I can't be with a loser like Liberty. I'm on thin ice. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, JT, you You're are a loser. Also, he wanted to be with Manny. Like, he wanted to, like... Uh, date to, up. I know. Yeah. I know that was so his vibe. Not date sideways. Right. Which is what Liberty was. She wasn't below you, JT. You were both losers. Back. <laughs> so yeah, the boys are preparing this like grand welcome home. And also, first of all, Mari is like, her racist brain is like, again, like doesn't understand like, wow, you guys live in this beautiful home. Yeah, like there's so, so many little moments like that. of just And I'm going to talk more later about the real Piper, but she said that, yeah, that was one of the things that the real girl was like, wait, why do you live here? And it's like, okay, shut the fuck up. Right, right. (laughs) So they get home and they go inside and Piper like sees that the boys are about to like do this. And she kind of tries to signal to them like, no, shut it down. It's not what you think. But it's too late, and they're like, welcome! (laughs) And Mari is, like, shocked. Yes. And, like, here's the, like, African music, and it's just kind of like, uh. Yeah, and she runs upstairs, and she locks herself in Piper's room. And one of Piper's brothers says, I thought we ordered a real African. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. This movie does have, like, a really good sense of humor, too. It does, yeah. Even as it deals with really unfunny stuff. Yeah. So the family, like, walks upstairs. They're all trying to get her to come out. They're like, we didn't mean to startle you. But Mari just straight up doesn't answer. The door is locked. She doesn't answer, and she doesn't come out. Mm -hmm. So now we go to dinner time, and the little brothers, I don't think we ever hear their names, to be honest. They're just a cute little package deal. Yeah. 
They're just kind of there. It's just like one has glasses and one doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> they but are they're cute. cute and funny. Yeah, and they're like, oh, we're just happy that Mari's holed up in Piper's room, not ours. And they're just talking about like, I wonder how long she can survive like with no food and water. And they're just like having fun and riffing. Yeah, and then Roscoe tries to be like, guys, like stop. And then the dad, Congressman Dellums, comes in. He's like, a white South African. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, oh god. Right. It's kind of like just when she gets her kids to like <laughs> stop joking around, like he says that, yeah. and then. They all start like snickering again, and then they're like, "Okay, the to- the topic is back on." Yeah. <laughs> Roscoe's like, "No." So then later that night, when everyone else is like asleep, Mari finally leaves her room, so she doesn't have to like see anybody when she comes out, and she tries to call her family, collect, and pretty much like all her family answers and like gathers around the phone. They're all like, "Oh my gosh, Mari, hi!" But right away, her dad is like, "I knew you'd miss us already." Like, okay, like there's only two flights out a week, so can you wait a couple days? Yeah, and then she starts to, like, remember her dad being so, like, nagging about, like, you're gonna, you're so sad, you can't live without us, and she then is has her pride, and she's stubborn, and she's like, who said anything about coming home? Like, I'm having a great time, because she doesn't want to give them the satisfaction of going home. Right, which I totally understand that, especially as a plot device, however, I'm like... Girl, if you told your racist family that you were staying with a black family, they would like have you airlifted out of the country. Like they wouldn't judge you because they they suck. But yeah, but I, it's an important plot device. So yeah, it's okay. <laughs> she has to stay here for some reason. Yes, right. And so now we see Roscoe and Ron talking, and Roscoe's like, I don't know. We'll see if she comes around in the morning. And he's like, she's a white South African girl dropped into a house full of black people. What's she gonna come around to? <laughs> so real. <laughs> His words are true. His words are so true. Congressman Dellums like calls Mari racist at this point. Yeah. Like he actually uses that word. He's like, she's racist. Which true. Which true. Everything about how she's acted points <laughs> it's to giving racism. White supremacist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no, it really is this like very I'm so happy that we see a difference of perspective here where yeah. she's like, I think we should like we should teach her. And he's like, I know what you mean, like Yes, but, like, why does it have to be us? And, like, I think both perspectives are so valid. Yeah, it really is cool to see both of their perspectives because they're both right. And I think it's, like, absolutely not their job yeah. to teach someone else's child to, like, treat people better. Yeah. um, It's not, obviously, not black people's job to prove to white people why they shouldn't be racist. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's spelled out really nicely here how, you know, because also it's, like, Ron is so not a person that's, like, just can't be bothered like he's like listen I've been fighting bigotry my entire life and like it just goes against everything I believe in to have a racist person living in my house and Roscoe's like yeah but she's just a kid and he's like yeah "Yeah, but a kid who doesn't want to be here right and I think it I mean it really is I it is an interesting component that she's a kid like it really is because it's just like so much more complicated than if she was an adult you know yeah because kids are so much more capable of changing their perspective especially when they've only ever been exposed to one so yeah they kind of have these different perspectives and we'll see how they kind of change their minds as the movie goes on um but the next day roscoe comes home with this sort of like delectable looking soda and fry combo in a box situation yeah and the kids are playing what looks to be bananagrams were they did you see i didn't notice i think they're playing like something like bananagrams Like little tile word game or something, yeah. Oh my God, how cute. I missed that. And, you know, Roscoe asks her kids, like, has Mari been downstairs yet? They're all like, no. And she tasks Piper with going to try to get Mari to eat something. And she, you know, knocks on the door 
and Mari's still not answering, but Piper takes a bobby pin out of her hair and picks the lock. Clean <laughs> shit. I know. I love that. Yes, Piper. Yeah. And we see that. Okay. So before Piper walks in, we see that Mari was like looking around Piper's room and she opens this envelope that had her name on it. Mm-hmm. And it's the sweet card that Piper had written to her before she knew what she was going to be like. And so Piper goes into the room and this part's really iconic when she is offering her the shake. (laughs) She's like, we got you some fries and a chocolate shake. You do drink chocolate, don't you? Or maybe you only drink vanilla. (gasps) The shade. You do drink chocolate, don't you? I know. Love it. I love that for delivery. Scathing. Scathing. Yeah. And yeah. And she also like sees in this part that Maria has opened the card with her name on it. And she just gives her this look that says a lot with just this look. It's basically like, that's not for you anymore. Like, yeah. We're not friends like that. Like I thought we were going to be. Yeah. 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 And it's also like, don't open my note when you won't even say a word to me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you're just in my room and like, I didn't let you in here. You (laughs) locked yourself in here. Yeah. It's so annoying. Yeah. So at this point, Roscoe comes to the door and she's like, hi, Mari, like I placed a call to the exchange agency. Hopefully they're able to find you another host family. But if not, they're going to be sending you back home. Yes. And before Piper leaves the room, she says to Mari, she says, are all South Africans weird or is it just you? Ah! Oh, my God. Mari is weird. She (laughs) is really weird. (laughs) Her vibes are weird. So Piper is super upset and she like vents to her mom. She's like, I've always wanted a sister and just like, how dare she? Like after all we went through to make like her feel so welcome and she's just acting like this. And she says, no wonder dad can't stand South Africans. And Roscoe is like, you have never heard your father say those words. Like it's the system of government he can, he can't stand, not the people. I love Roscoe. Yeah. She does say something kind of eyebrow raising here, which is remember whites can be victims too. I did raise my eyebrows. However, I do understand that it's different in South Africa where like all their people are super controlled. She, yeah. Cause I mean, unlike here where I'm like, that sentence doesn't ring true here. Yeah. Like Roscoe, I think she's like too nice this part. Like, yes, it is true that all people were affected by the racist institutions in South Africa, but obviously black people were affected way worse. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, and Mari overhears this conversation and she walks up to them as they're talking and she says that she'd like to stay. And Roscoe was first like, oh, yeah, like, I know that you like wanted to stay in America and this like didn't work out. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, I'd like to stay with you guys if that's OK. Um, and they're like, oh, like, yeah. And it's sweet because Piper's like, well, we always wanted you to stay. Like, yeah. she kind of reveals that like. Even though this isn't the situation she had hoped for, like she did ultimately always want Mari to stay if Mari was like open to getting to know her. At this point, uh, Piper like chats with Mari now that she knows she's staying and Mari says she's sorry and Piper says, well, you should be, which correct. Yep. And yeah, they they actually um, exchanged gifts that they got for each other during this part. They had gotten each other really similar bracelets mm-hmm. so they're like oh i guess we like have something in common ultimately they're both just teen girls yeah <laughs> and then um piper's like oh like while you've been holed up in my room you've been looking through my record collection like do you like music and mari's like yeah like you have really good taste like my little brother would flip if you saw like some of the records you have especially this and it's a casey and the sunshine band record um, but then, so she's looking at the pictures of the musicians on like the record sleeve and mm. she's like, he'd be 
so surprised if you saw this, like where I come from, everybody thinks they're white. Mm -hmm. And she then uses a word to refer to the black musicians. And this word, it refers to a family of languages. um, And sometimes the people that speak those languages in most of the world, it's like not offensive, but it's become pejorative in South Africa a little bit because of the racist history there and the way it's been used. So I did find the Oxford Dictionary of South African English describe its contemporary usage in a racial context as, quote, obsolescent and offensive just because Mm -hmm. of its association with the apartheid system. Right. So, yeah, we're just obviously not going to use it. We don't know enough about, like, the context of it. Right, right. But, yeah, like, Tamari, this word is, like, not yet, like, offensive. Uh, Like, unlike the word that she heard that white guy say in the restaurant at the beginning. Like, even she knows that that word is, like, offensive. Yes. She might not, like, freak out as much as, like, Some people might, but she does, like, see a big distinction between these two words. Yes, yes. So after they have this little chat, Piper is like, okay, I'm going to, like, help you move your stuff to the guest room. Now that you're saying, I'm not going to let you be in my room, so let's go to the guest room. And as they're walking out into the hall, Congressman Dellums is there, and he sees the bags, and he's like, oh, let me help with those bags. And he grabs (laughs) them, and he's like, we're so sorry this didn't work out, Mari. Like, bye. (laughs) Like, he totally thinks she's leaving. And Piper's like, Dad, no, stop. Like, she's staying. And his face is kind of like, yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't love Mari's vibe. No. <laughs> and so Ron does go to confront Roscoe. Like, why is she staying? Yeah. She's like, what was I supposed to say? We don't allow white South Africans in our house. And he says, would that have been so horrible? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, horrible is how she's treated us. And and Roscoe also, so she did ask the foreign exchange agency to send over Mari's application so she could like learn more about her. Yeah. And she's looking it over and she's like, oh, it says her dad is a policeman. Yeah. And this really upsets Ron, which to me, like this does make the situation worse yeah. because he says something, kind of compares it to like nazi germany of yeah like if you had let he says that's like being jewish and inviting the gestapo over for laughs it's not it's kind of a fair comparison like it, it it's makes the situation worse that her father is helping carry out these policies in south africa it's so true and like that just removes any and all doubt that she isn't like really getting this brainwashing right. like hard at home oh yeah. and then roscoe they got kind of start fighting and roscoe says like she's just a child and like apartheid is more complicated than like maybe we think and then ron says this amazing line he says apartheid is complicated there is nothing complicated about racism which love yeah he's like yeah he's like racism is just point blank wrong and no this really did ring so true in terms of like it makes me think of people in the u.s that will try to be like oh i'm not racist at all but it's just like more complicated when it comes to things like policing and like the prison system and i'm like there's just a lot of like People that will try to make you think they're smarter than you will talk in a way where they're trying to like justify these racist systems. And sometimes you need to just be like, okay, racism is just like simply so straightforwardly wrong and we should be actively trying to undo it. And then Roscoe's like, you're right. It is wrong. But if we have an opportunity to correct it, shouldn't we? Just like, yeah, her stance is like, I think we should take this opportunity to teach her. Ron is still not sold on that. Mm -hmm. Totally get both perspectives. Like the way she sees it is that they have an obligation to their children to like take this opportunity to like set an example for them. Mm -hmm. And Ron is like, our children aren't racist. And she says, because we've taught them not to be, Mm -hmm. which again, I think is a really cool line because I feel like sometimes people have this thing and there is a kernel of truth to it, but people will be like, 
oh, like kids are born loving everyone. But like, it is true that you have to like talk to your kids about this stuff or they're really susceptible mm-hmm. to picking up bad ideas from things yeah. like media or Very their friends. susceptible to it. Yeah. So like there is this like, I, I like how here she's like, Ron, don't kid yourself. Like it's possible that our kids wouldn't be the intelligent, compassionate people they are if it weren't for us, like yeah. helping them to be that way. And yeah. this girl hasn't had that. And it's such an interesting debate between them because like they both have good points yeah so the next morning at breakfast um piper and roscoe are discussing going back to school shopping at the mall later that day and the little brothers are there eating too and then mari comes into the room and she sits down (laughs) and at first it seems like she's going to be pretty pretty nice today um but then she starts rambling off all of this stuff that she wants cooked for her for breakfast And one of the things she mentions is rusks, which is a common breakfast item in South Africa. It's like a hard biscuit or twice baked bread dough. Hmm. Yep. Thought I would just mention that. Not, it's not (laughs) like it's only eaten in South Africa, but it's definitely not eaten here. So I wanted to look it up. And basically Roscoe like tells the kids like, I'll meet you outside pretty much. And then she just says to Mari, like, listen, girl, that's not how things work around here. Like, if you're going to be here, you're going to be part of the family. And today we're having cereal, so that's what you're having. She really, Roscoe queen in this part because Roscoe at times, I'm like, oh my God, she's so nice to this girl. And yeah. this was a good scene where it's like, she's not going to take a, like take this bullshit. It's like, yeah. if you're going to be here, we're not going to like give you special treatment. Like, you're going to be a part of the family and I'm not cooking a full breakfast for you when I'm not doing that for my children. Totally. And she, she handles it so well. And I also love the way, because she starts this moment by being like, Mari, do you have a maid at home? Yeah. And Mari's like, I have Flora. And she's like, okay. Um, so, <laughs> and it's great. Cause it's just like, yeah, this child, like, it's just really beautiful. Cause it shows that Roscoe, like as much as she is so wise and so empathetic like she's still obviously gonna have her moments where it's like this is so fucking annoying then so mari and roscoe and piper do uh drive to the mall together and they're in the car driving through an area of the city that is um less like upper middle class fancy than where the delums live the Mm -hmm. delums live in like a really really nice neighborhood yep And we're seeing, you know, people just kind of like hanging out outside on the street. There's a guy uh, drinking from a paper bag. There's people kind of just like sitting outside on random chairs, playing cards on the roof of a car. Um, And it does appear to be like a predominantly black neighborhood. Yep. And Mari is looking out the window and she's like, wait, is this still Washington? Um, This kind of looks like one of our townships and it looks really different from where you guys live. And um, Roscoe says, well, America isn't perfect, Mari. We still have our problems. Just kind of hinting at like, you know, people are segregated in where they live. Yeah, they, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but this is the kind of the only problem I have with this movie is this is 1977. This was like only 12 years after the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which was like banning literacy tests and like any kind of those laws that just made it way harder for black people to vote. Um, also, Brown v. Board of Education, that case was in 1954, so that wasn't that long after no. this. Um, so, like, I just feel like they don't, uh, they make America seem a little too perfect. Agreed. Um, it's definitely not, uh, like, great. Yeah. This time, it's still not great. It's still, I know, that's um, the only nod in the whole movie I to, wish, like, yeah. it's not perfect here. Yeah. I wish they had touched on it a little bit more. Yeah, I I agree with that. Also, one thing I wanted to note, so Mari mentions townships here. So townships um, refers to the often like underdeveloped racially segregated areas that 
during apartheid were like specifically designated for non-white people. Yep. Um, and you know, they unsurprisingly tended to be like poorly planned and constructed, just another symptom of the systemic racism that was going on. They just like weren't, they, they didn't get resources, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and, and like they do still exist, but yeah, again, we like didn't fully have time to delve into like what South Africa is like now. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's what Mari is talking about here. And as they're driving, a guy runs up to start washing their windshield and Mari like jumps, like she's freaked out. And Roscoe's like, oh, don't worry, sweetie. He just wants to wash the windows. And Mari is like, is that his job? And she's like, is that what his pass says? Window washer? And Piper's like, what do you mean his pass? And Roscoe explains to her that Mari means identity of movement pass. And she's like, black people in South Africa have to carry them as ID and it states their occupation and where they're allowed to travel to. Yeah. And Piper is obviously like, allowed like what the hell and she's super freaked out obviously i think this scene really shows how brainwashed mari is because piper's like wait why do they have those and mari's like oh it's for their own good it keeps them safe and out of trouble and yeah piper's like what the hell yeah like she's that's the line she's heard a million times it's like oh no like they they probably want this right right which is like ugh, ugh. Yeah, a quick thing about pass laws. So yeah, I mean, they they basically are what they sound like, but yeah, they definitely just like severely limited the movements of black citizens and also just any non-white citizen um, and just like restricted them to designated areas and pass laws were not repealed until 1986. Yeah, their first free election was 1994. I mean, that is very recent. So fucking recent. I mean, I was basically alive. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. So now we're at the mall and Mari asks if all American malls are like this. Like, are they all, you know, unsegregated basically? And Piper and Roscoe do then explain the American way, which is if you have money, people want you in their store, black which or white. Which is, is true. But like I, at one point we did have segregation in the I know, country. And this they, would be a good point to bring I, it up. They like kind of make it seem like America has never had segregation of like, I know. why would they ever turn someone away from business? Which like, yeah, by 1977, that wasn't happening. But like segregation was not that long ago. So like you can bring it up. So we do get a little like montage of the girls uh, trying on clothes Adorable, in a store. Yeah. yeah. This is really one of the main, like with one other exception in the movie that's like, look at the girls becoming friends. Cause again, the movie is like not mostly about that, but this no. is one of the cute moments of like, oh, Mari and Piper, they're just teen girls becoming friends. Exactly. Yeah. And after their shopping montage, um, the three of them go to grab milkshakes at like a diner type place in the food court. Mm-hmm. And now we have this like parallel to the scene at the beginning at the restaurant in South Africa. There mm-hmm. is a black waiter who stumbles when like these little boys run by and he spills a milkshake on a white guy's lap. And Mari watches this and she's saying under her breath, don't hit him, don't yeah. hit him. Yeah. And the the waiter is like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And then the white guy is like, oh, it's it's not your fault. And then when, when the waiter's like, can I get you anything? He like tastes the milkshake from his shirt and is like, yeah, one of these milkshakes. And I'm like, are people this nice in America? No. No, <laughs> no this is, again, another moment where it's, like, too nice of, like, yeah, they're probably, they're not going to hit them. That yeah. would be crazy. They would get, like, maybe arrested. Or, like, yeah. yeah. But, like, cop would come it, over. It, they have to illustrate this point that it's so different from South Africa. But, like, I'm, like, I know one person that would react that way, and it's, like, our dad. Yeah, literally like, our dad's the only. Because yeah. even I would be, like, oh, can I have a napkin, please? Yeah, I wouldn't be, like, hey, it's not. I mean, I feel like I wouldn't be mean. but I like, wouldn't be mean, but, like, but, yeah. like, most people would. Like, people in America 
America are not nice to waiters. No. So it's just Regardless like, of race. But... Like, people in America are so nice. You can spill ice cream on them and then they're like, hey man, it's not your fault. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. But I get they had to illustrate the point. And then um, this like barber shop quartet comes over and they have like a cake with a sparkler in it and they start singing a happy birthday song and it's revealed that Piper told them it was Mari's birthday for shits and uh, giggles. She's just like me when you get that free dessert yes. by saying, oh, it's her birthday and it's not. Oh, it's so fun. And now we see Ron at work and one of his colleagues is saying that they have um, 15 nations lined up for the Pan-African Festival. So that's something that they're like planning. Mm-hmm. And now he gets a call from a woman named Mrs. Hoffmeyer from the South African Embassy. And she's calling to like dig for details. She's like, I'm calling to confirm that you're hosting a student named Mari Bach. And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Is that against one of your laws? And Mm. she's like, no, we just like to keep track of our nationals. And he's like, clearly like really annoyed by this. It's like dark energy too. Like her vibe is not good. And then also Ron at this point asked about Stephen Biko and it's illustrating the difference between like before what how we saw Stephen Biko described by Mari's family as like yeah this black troublemaker and now Ron is like fighting for him to be released. Right. He's like can I get an update on him? I've heard he's in one of your jails. Yeah. Totally. And this woman on the phone is just like I'll I'll forward your request along to the ambassador. Goodbye. She's not doing that shit. No. And now we see Ron talking to Roscoe about this moment and he's like why are they like calling me like telling me who can be in my home like Mm -hmm. yeah it's like freaking him out which I understand and Roscoe's like you know maybe they track all of their citizens and she's kind of like almost using this to prove to him like white people suffer under the system too like the fact that they're like Mm -hmm. tracking her is a bit scary right right and now we get um a pretty tense scene between Piper and Mari or at least just a scene that like is yeah it's a little intense so Piper and Mari are talking in Piper's room and Piper's asking Mari for advice on her first day of school outfit. And Mari explains that, like, she's never had to pick out a first day of school outfit because she's always had to wear a uniform. And she says that actually all South African schools require uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and Piper's kind of, like, shocked by this. And then Mari is really surprised to learn that she's going to be going to school with Piper because she thought she was going to be going to a white school. Yeah, and it's it's sad at this point because it's, like, she's obviously getting to know Piper, and she, like, loves Piper, but, like, she does, at her core, think she is better than these people because she's yeah. white, because she's, like, I'm going to school with people like you. Like, yeah. she says it in, like, a way that, again, she uses that word that we're not going to use, which isn't the really offensive yeah. one, but it is, like, it, it just means, like, black, but it has, like, negative connotations because of the time. Yeah. Um, she uses that word, like, I'm going to that school. And it's right. just, like, she does have just, like, this deep feeling that she needs to be separate from these people because of her race, which yeah. is just sad and, oh, dark. I know. It really is. And Piper kind of speaks up here, and she's like, wait, that like, what's that word? And she actually asks if it's like the n-word um Mm -hmm. and she does actually say the n-word here Mm -hmm. and mari is like oh no 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 and she then so she uses the word that we heard that white man say at the beginning when he kicked the bus boy and she's Mm -hmm. like the n-word is like that and she actually uses that word as well yeah and and then she's like i would i would never call you that Mm -hmm. um and she's like that's like not what you would be in my country and she's like at least not like like kind me. of alluding to yeah right yeah. she's like okay I, like she doesn't actually say this but kind of like okay i actually can't promise that like no one would call you that but i would i wouldn't yeah and then piper has a really great line where she's like wow you have so many words for black people like how many words do you have for white people mm-hmm. and mari's like oh just white 
And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Later that night, Piper is in her parents' room and her mom is doing her hair. And Piper is explaining all the things she's learning about how America and South Africa are different. And, you know, she's really, like, interested in these differences. She's like, oh, my God, like, they call traffic lights robots. Mm -hmm. Um, But then she starts explaining, like, they have all these different names to, like, describe people. And she starts out using the, the first word that, again, is, like, not that problematic through most of Africa. But then she uses the word that is, like, the South African N word and... She's kind of getting it confused. Like she can't quite remember which is the one that Mari said she would never call her. And again, her parents know a lot about South Africa. So when they hear this word, they're super freaked out. Yeah. Ron is like not okay with that. He goes to like go in to confront Mari because he thinks that she called his daughter this really offensive word. And then Piper runs after him and she's like, oh, I think I got it confused. Like she said this other word. She said that's the word she said she would never call me. And then Ron's like, are you sure? And she's like, yes. And he's like, Okay. So then later that night, Mari is walking around downstairs by herself while everyone else is in bed. And she finds a book called Roots, The Saga of an American Family by Alex Haley. Um, This is obviously, unsurprisingly, a real book. It's a 1976 novel about an 18th century um, African man who was sold into slavery in the U.S. And it then goes on to follow the lives of his descendants, eventually ending up with Alex Haley himself. It's not like true um a true history like he definitely like you know made some elements of it up but it does like end with like him as a person it was like a cultural sensation this book in the u.s in the 70s i think there was um like a a series made about it okay oh like Um, a like a tv miniseries yeah and it's i read that it spent 46 weeks on the new york times bestseller list wow which is really impressive it also won a pulitzer yeah yeah so it was like a a huge cultural sensation at the time so then ron comes in and he sees mari reading this book and he's like oh like you picked the best book in the house and mari apologizes she says i'm sorry that you thought i called piper this word i'm like mari maybe don't say it again but okay yeah she says the word again it's like okay i know i know it's like maybe just don't say the word mari right um but she's like i'm really sorry that you thought i would do that and he's like mari i don't think you're a bad person i just think you've been taught bad ideas which is so so true and also like he tells her about the book he's like you're welcome to like take that home with you if you can't finish it here like it definitely really helped Americans unlearn some of their ideas and oh it's cool too because he asks her he's like have you learned in school about like slavery in the U.S. and she's like no so yeah that just goes to show like yeah she really hasn't been taught about this stuff I mean I think this is another kind of a little bit of an example of like, yeah, one of the only, like they just really only talk about like the problems in America as like past tense. Mm-hmm. It's like slavery is not the only racist thing that's ever happened in America. Like, right, right. But I know it's a kid's movie and they, they can only do in so much. But everything, yeah. So no, this is a nice scene and it's kind of, it's, it is the first bonding moment we see between the congressman and Mari because before they had kind of never really got on the same page. So yeah. now they are. Yeah. The next morning, Mari is walking with Piper and Piper's two brothers and Billy, a.k.a. JT. And they're asking Mari questions about South Africa. And JT is like, so, like, do you see, like, lions and tigers and giraffes? She's So like, they're problematic, too. Yes, no, absolutely. It goes both ways. And she's like, oh, I mostly see, like, cows and sheep and dogs and cats. Yeah. And he's like, I thought you lived in Africa. (laughs) 
JT, my man. Yeah. You're problematic for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, you know, I've probably seen as many elephants and lions as you guys. And they're so shocked by this information. They're like, you don't ride a lion to school. They don't say that, but that's what they're thinking. <laughs> that's their vibe. <laughs> they're like, oh. Yeah. Um, so they like drop the boys off at elementary school. And then Piper and Mari do go to their first day of the new school year. Yeah, so Mari has to get in line with the other foreign exchange students and transfers, and she's, like, scared without Piper by her side, and she's, like, one of the only white people in the line, so she's being... She's bugging out. (laughs) It's like, she kind of looks like me when I did shrooms. She's bugging (laughs) out. I know, she kind of, like, almost, like, grits her teeth when she's scared, you know? She kind of... She looks so scared. I'm like, you will be okay, Mari. You literally will be, and she walks into a guy and, like, makes him drop his books, and she's, like paralyzed so she doesn't like say anything like she helps him pick up his books but she doesn't like say anything and he's like uh you're supposed to say sorry yeah and then piper comes up and she's like she was going to you idiot like she's so legend for this <laughs> she comes in so hot i mean she does confrontational like, queen i know I it's love so her. true you want piper on your side <laughs> oh my god and so then she's just like mari like get back in line like i'll see you later you've got this and she's like Bye. yeah um and so then back at home um this part is just so cute to me so like Piper and Mari and the brothers and Roscoe, they're having like a delightful looking snack. Oh, I love an after school snack. I Come know. on now. Oh, and, and your mom best. like asking you about your day. Like oh, so cozy. God. Yeah, totally. And so we learn that Mari on her first day of school already has a book report assigned on a book called Cry the Beloved Country. And what a clinky dink. It's about South Africa. Yeah. And yes. Piper's like, oh my God, like you've probably already read it. We'll later learn that. No, no it's banned. It's banned. Um, So, yeah, this is a book that is set in the 1940s. So it's actually set in the years before apartheid, like leading up to it. And it remains one of the best known works of South African literature. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's been translated into 20 languages. Uh, Alan Payton, the writer, was also a political activist. It was banned in um, 1968 uh, when the South African government prohibited all multiracial parties because, yeah, this guy helped found the Liberal Party, of which he was the first president. But, yeah, that got banned later because it was like, you know, there were more than just white people in it. Um, yeah. And he said that he he has said that he wrote this book to, quote, influence my fellow whites. Um you know, I feel like we don't know enough about like the context of politics in South Africa to like unpack this, but just worth noting that toward the end of his life, he did face significant criticism for opposing economic sanctions against South Africa. Um, mm-hmm. He cited though his reasons as he believed it would like actually hurt black South Africans more than help them, but just worth noting that's mm-hmm. some background. But yeah, so we learned that Mari has to read this book for school and Ross goes like, oh, I think we have that book like in the house and she goes to find it and loans it to her. And later we see Mari is in fact reading the book and Piper is kind of again like, oh, I'm sure you've like read it. And Mari's like, no, like it's probably banned. Mm -hmm. And Piper is like really like shocked to hear this. She's like, what do you mean? And she's like, oh, well, like we have a lot of stuff that's banned, like books, (laughs) movies, TV shows. She's just like kind of funny to me, Piper, because like she's a kid, she wouldn't know. But like there were books at times that were banned in America. Like it's like we have no history of banning books. We do. And that kind of seems- Especially in schools. Like books are banned in schools. I know. And that kind of seems like the type of thing her intellectual parents like would talk about to her. (laughs) She probably tuned them out. She's like, America's literally perfect. (laughs) She wasn't listening that day at dinner when her parents were like, and you know what? Yeah. Um, and I love it too because Piper's like, oh, you mean like they're banned for the kids? And Mari's like, no, no, for everyone. And yeah, she's like, I guess that's kind of surprising. Yeah, Mari has just like very much accepted that. Like she's like, I don't know, that's just the way it is. Um, 
And then Piper is like, let's go see Freaky Friday this weekend at the movies because, yes, the OG Freaky Friday premiered in 1976 with Jodie Foster as the Lindsay character. What a good night out. I know. Yeah, that's so fun. So cute. And, yeah, there's just a moment here where they both say to each other, like, I'm really glad that, like, I'm really glad you stayed, Mari. And Mari's like, I'm glad I stayed too. I know. And then adorable montage of the girls being besties, dancing in 70s outfits in their room, going to the cinema, just being besties for life. Love it. I know. They're like riding their bikes. They're rollerblading. They're doing everything together. And Sing a Song by Earth, Wind & Fire is playing. The soundtrack is next level good. It's so good. Like, what other decom could? No, it's the best. I can't wait to add these songs to the Disney soundtrack. I know, right? Followed by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> it's Fly like, on the Wall. It's like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Exa- I was literally going to say Fly on the Wall, Nora. Read my mind. <laughs> Fly on the Wall, then Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> it's an eclectic mix. Download her today. Seriously. Um. Yeah, so this is a cute montage. We're like, okay, they're fully besties now. Um. But it's sad because the montage does end with a hefty dose of reality. Mm-hmm. The girls uh, walk home and there's a man outside the Dellum's house and a car and they're like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And when they walk inside, the Hoffmeyers are there. So earlier when Ron talked to that Mrs. Hoffmeyer woman on the phone, she's here now with a scary bald man. They are from the South African embassy. Yep. They are from South Africa. Yep. And they're like, oh, we need to talk to Mari in private. And at first it's like, oh, maybe they just want to talk to her because they ask her, like, how do they treat you? And she's like, they treat me fine. Mm -hmm. But then they're immediately like, gather your things. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't want to. And they're like, you're a minor. You have no authority in this situation. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, do my parents know about this? And they're like, we'll notify them when we get to the embassy. So that's really how we get like, this is political. Yes. And that is a bit scary and a bit She's like, a political pawn. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it is scary. And um, the yeah. way this white bald guy says, peck your things, you won't be coming back, is in the trailer. And it's like, <laughs> it makes me feel so scared. No, the trailer was a chill down my spine. I know. It's so serious. I know. Um, and then, so Mari goes downstairs with them and she's crying. And obviously Roscoe is like trying to be like, you can't do this. Yeah. Like, and the, one of them, I forget. Is it the bald guy that says, we have no more control over the events in our country than you have over the events in yours? Yeah, it is the man. And that's kind of uh, illustrating what Roscoe has been saying of, like, the people of South Africa have to go with their system or else there's, like, very severe consequences. Like, they could go to jail. And, yeah, I mean, Piper is crying. She's like, how can they just take her like this? And then we see, so... Mari is driving away in a car with these with the Hoffmeyers and there's there's actually an anti-apartheid protest going on outside the South African embassy in D.C. So when Mari and these officials drive up, people are like crowding around their car with signs Um, and Mari's like super confused. She's like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And then inside the embassy, Mrs. Hoffmeyer introduces Mari to her secretary, Amanda, and she's like, Amanda's going to help make the arrangements to get you home like go with her. Mari's like, what's going on out there? Like, what are these people doing outside? And Amanda is like, oh, that terrorist Biko's killed himself. Mm -hmm. And the Americans have gone daft over it. It's kind of crazy that they talk about, um, I mean, we'll later learn he didn't kill himself, but um, it's kind of crazy to mention suicide in a decom. Yes, very much so. Whoa, but it went right over my head as a kid because I did not remember that at all. 
Yeah. This this was getting to a part where it was so political that I think I was being like, okay, when are Mari and Piper going to be actually Yeah, as a kid, I think I was kind of like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so we hear that she's saying, she's speaking again about Stephen Biko now that we're back at the South African embassy, like with, you know, she's just being really dismissive, like calling him a terrorist. Yeah. Um, And then Mari's like, why would he kill himself? And Amanda's like, oh, who knows how those people think? Like maybe he fancies himself a martyr, but now the world is acting like it's our fault. And she's Mm -hmm. like, that's why we needed you out of there. Like, who knows how they would have reacted? And Mari's like, who's they? Yeah, she's like, what people? The Dellums? Like, she's really like, what do you mean? Like, those people. Right. She's like, basically, like, they are my, like, friends. Like, they're not going to hurt me. And she's like, oh, like, Amanda's like, we had to get you and half a dozen other minors who are, like, here on student visas and get them home. It just wasn't safe. Mm -hmm. And she keeps telling Mari throughout this conversation, like, oh, you'll understand when you're older, Mm -hmm. which like, okay, worst line in book. And Mari's like, I understand now. So now we do see Ron at work and he's like talking to a bunch of his colleagues and he's like, okay, it's official. Amnesty International just confirmed Biko did not kill himself. He died from injuries sustained from being beaten. And that's why there is protests. Beaten by their police, by the South African police. Yes. And it sparked protests at South African embassies around the world. So it's not even just the U.S. Yeah. Also, okay. So there's a line I love. One of Ron's colleagues is like, what about the American press? They still playing see no evil? Like basically being like, is it still not on TV? Lay. I know. I was like, I love that line. But then Ron's like, no, even like, even we have to like cover this now. And they turn on the news and it's being covered. Okay, good. Because America, sometimes you're shady like that. Okay. So I did just want to, at this point, say a bit about Biko's death, if that's okay. Yeah. So, um... He was arrested in August 1977 for violating an order that restricted him to stay in King Williamstown. And he went to Cape Town to, you know, meet with other organizers or at least to try to meet with other organizers. Um, And he was put in jail and severely beaten by at least one police officer, potentially more, while imprisoned. Um, He suffered three brain lesions from the beating, which resulted in a massive brain hemorrhage on September 6th, 1977. Mm -hmm. Um, I know, it's so horrible. He was later driven naked and still in shackles, 740 miles to a hospital, and he died on September 12th. Um, I know, it's it's really so horrible. horrible. A bit of a note about the fact that, like, in this movie, they allude to, like, there being uh, a false story that he killed himself. Mm -hmm. So... It was reported in newspapers around the world at the time that um, Justice Minister James T. Kruger in South Africa said that Biko died of starvation from a hunger strike that he was on, but Kruger later denied that he ever said that. He claimed that when he announced the death, he mentioned that Biko had been refusing food and water, but that he never claimed that that was his cause of death. So this is a quote from... A September 1977 article. He told the South African Press Association, "Quote: I never suggested at any stage that Biko starved himself to death. So, listen, I don't obviously fully know, but mm-hmm. I don't think there was ever like a true attempt at a cover up. The way this movie suggests, I think yeah. it's just like that quote, like press around the world ran with it, and then right. it looked really bad. Again, I could I could have not found something, but that's sort of like what I sort of found. Mm-hmm. Um, however." Um, I did find that uh, one policeman that led the interrogation of Biko admitted to lying at a 1977 inquest to hide the fact that police waited nearly 24 hours for seeking medical treatment when he was like obviously so not okay. Yeah, I mean, his death just became a rallying cry really around the world of Mm -hmm. just like... 
because this man was such um he was just so at the forefront yeah of the anti-apartheid movement and it's just like you just you just killed him um so we see uh that Ron's secretary is telling him like oh your daughter Piper has been calling you like all day and she sounds really upset so he doesn't yet know that Mari has been taken so he finally takes her call and he's like okay Piper let me talk to your mother so then we see Piper sitting on a bench outside her house and her friend Daniel comes to chat with her um her friend that we met earlier in the movie and he was at the house dropping off some stuff for the Pan-African Festival And he's like, where's your friend? Like, you guys were obsessed with each other. Like, where is she? (laughs) Yeah. Then when Piper tells him that she's gone, he's kind of like, oh, like, I'm surprised she made it this long. Like, my brother and I had a bet on, like, when she would leave. And this really upsets Piper because she's like, she didn't leave by choice, Daniel. Like, you don't even know her. Yeah. And she's, like, really sticking up for her. Yeah. And then Daniel kind of, like... Ooh, he yeah. kind of is basically like, listen, Piper, like your friend is from like a pretty racist country. Um, He says, have you ever asked Mari if you could go stay with her? And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, like she stayed with you. Like, could you go stay with Mari? And Piper's like, it never came up. And Daniel's kind of like, you probably couldn't because like how racist South Africa is. Yeah. Um, And this kind of like sits with, piper and she's like oh yeah she never did mention if i could come see her yeah right and then daniel kind of like takes it a step further and he's like you know steven biko was just killed by their police just for trying to make things better for black people Mm -hmm. i wonder how your friend feels about that yeah and that also really sits with piper she's like it just makes her question like do i know this person yeah yeah we go back to mari at the embassy and amanda is like okay, I actually have to like go and take care of something. So you call your parents and tell them that you'll be on a flight tomorrow morning. And instead, Mari takes this moment alone to call the Dellums. Um, But there's this sad moment where like it's ringing a lot. And the second Piper picks up, Mari's like, oh, they're not answering. It hangs up. (laughs) Yeah, it's so annoying. (laughs) So sad. Um, So then she is like kind of like, okay, fine. I will call my parents. But just as she's dialing, who walks in the door of the embassy? Ron, Ron Dellums. Yeah. And And it's so cute. He's walking the stairs and Mari like kind of runs out to see him and they lock eyes and he's just like, it'll be okay. Oh my God, he makes me feel so safe. I love him so much. I know. Um, We see Piper back at home. She's laying in bed listening to music and who should walk in the door but freaking Mari. She's back like a boomerang. Mari's here and she's like, ha let's move on. And she like literally flings herself on the Piper's bed. She's like, what should we do first? Because I'm back. And Piper is like shocked and she's she still has Daniel's words ringing in her ear. Yeah. So yeah. she's like, what happened? Like, why did they change their mind so fast? And Mari's like, oh, your dad came to the embassy. And then we downstairs see Roscoe and Ron. Like, Roscoe's like, how'd you do it? But they're, like, sharing a laugh about this. He's like, <laughs> I know. and he says, like, oh, the, the ambassador's a practical man. Like, he knows South Africa has an image problem right now. Like, he didn't want to complicate uh. it. But, like, my thing is sort of, like, I do think this is a bit unrealistic because I'm, like, you're walking into the embassy of this country that you're kind of, like, actively trying to, like, sanction and like you kind of are like they're racist as hell and then you're just like do me a solid to like get your daughter's friend back i don't know this just seemed a little like why would he walk into the like lion's den in this way just for like this it does it does seem like a little odd so mari and piper are talking and mari is like you know that embassy was like a prison and the outside was like a war zone and then piper decides to ask what's been on her mind she's like so can i ever come visit you mari and mari's like oh me oh you visit me um 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Awkward. Yeah. And then she's saying, she keeps talking about the situation at the embassy. She's like, I still don't know what all that craziness was about. Yeah, it's like, Mari, you didn't get it at all. I know. She didn't get it. Haven't you learned anything? Like, like, haven't you at least learned that you should ask rather, ask when you don't know? She's basically like, that embassy was kind of awkward. (laughs) I know. She's like, why was everybody so mad? And it's like. She's wild for that. Like, if anything, you should have asked ron in the car ride home like so like you probably know a lot like what was that about like ask questions pay attention as flora once told you pay attention instead she's just like oh yeah i guess some crazy terrorist killed himself and piper's like okay she's like biko wasn't a terrorist and you're fucked for that yes i and i love what she says because mari says like about it like who cares and piper's like anybody who cares about anybody who knows right from wrong would care yeah and then she tells her, she's like, the police killed him. And he didn't kill himself. And she says, pigs. And Mari's like, the police are not pigs. My father is not a pig, which like, oof. It's really hard when to realize your parents aren't good people. It really is. And I feel for Mari, I but know, like, she has to. She has to learn that. She has to face reality right now because her parents have told her that this man was a terrorist when he was like, just fighting for freedom in his country. Um, she yeah. also says something really fucked up here where she's she says like oh Biko's a common criminal and then she says you have no idea what it's like to be outnumbered meaning and yes and, yeah and Piper doesn't like she immediately is like oh you mean by black people but it's also like Piper absolutely knows what it's like to be outnumbered she is a minority, she's a minority in this yeah. country and it's also just yeah what a fucked up thing for Mari to say yeah it's such a fucked up thing to say and it's just like She's just regurgitating yeah. every bad idea she's been fed throughout her life. You know what I think is really cool about this scene is like, even though we've seen that Mari has grown in some ways, it, it does like show in a realistic way, ju- just like what you're saying, like how long mm-hmm. this undoing is going to take. Like the yeah. fact that as soon as she gets like called out a little, she's going back to these bad ideas. Yeah. Like that's real. And I'm happy they don't just make Mari all of a sudden like, yes, Stephen Biko. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like she's been in this like bubble for 14 years it's gonna take some time i also think like when mari says like you have no idea how it feels to be outnumbered it's such a thing of like preying on people's fear Fear, to like yes to use to like create racism or like sexism or any kind of like discrimination it's just such a useful tool of like these people are gonna try and take power for you they're trying to take over like you see that rhetoric so much in the u.s now too of people being like with immigrants it's like this fear you have it's like it's not in any way rational it's not realistic these people are not trying to do that but like yeah politicians just use that as a tool to be like you need to follow with us or these people are going to take this from you and it's just like oh and this is when um Piper asks Mari if she has any black friends at home and Mari's like yeah like Flora is like my best friend and she's like isn't she your servant or like maybe even your slave mm-hmm. and Mari's like you have you've got it all wrong like that's not right and then Piper says who's got it all wrong me and the rest of the world or you and your racist country and then this scene ends with Mari just being like if you wanted me to leave why don't you just say so and running out because she's just overwhelmed and doesn't uh, have the uh, words to. She's not as emotionally intelligent as Piper. No, um, not at all. And then, so she she goes outside and she's sitting on that same bench that Piper was sitting at earlier when she had her chat with Daniel. And Ron comes out after her and he's like, what, what happened? Like, I didn't go into that embassy for you two to just start fighting. Like, what's going on? 
And it's such a sad scene. Mari is like, Piper can't visit me. And I would give anything to change that, but I can't. Yes. And this is a really good example of like, when we talked about Mari being a kid, of like, ultimately Mari has no power, even a little bit, even at all. She can't. Like, she cannot change anything. She really cannot, especially at this young age. Yeah, and and Ron is really compassionate to her here. He's like, you know, you can't help what your government does, Mari. But this is when she admits, she's like, it's not my government. Like, they wouldn't allow it. And he's like, oh, you mean your friends and neighbors? He says, it's a nasty cycle and it has to be stopped. Mm -hmm. Here in America, we had to learn the exact same lesson. Now it's South Africa's time, starting maybe with you. Then, so Mari is like, you know, I told Piper that I felt like a prisoner in that embassy, like locked up and ignored with no one listening. And she kind of like lets that hang in the air as like an incomplete thought. But then Ron sort of finishes it for her. He's like, yeah, it's never a good feeling to have no control over your life. Like the subtext Mm -hmm. here is her realizing this is a small slice of what it feels like to be black in South Africa. Right, right. Where you have no... Yeah, just no freedom in that way. She starts asking him, like, oh, have you ever heard of a weaver bird? And at this point, Piper walks outside. She's smiling. She doesn't seem mad anymore, which maybe seems unrealistic. However, I think she kind of just, like, needed to get that shit off her chest. Yeah, little girls are like that, as we've talked about with Stuck in the Suburbs. They get over stuff kind of quickly. I know, and I feel like she's like, okay, now she's talking to my dad. He's probably, like, putting some sense in her head. Like, maybe yeah. maybe I can, like, overhear this and see. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, basically, Mari just starts, like, telling what Flora told her at the beginning about this weaver bird that, you know, gets along with other birds of all different colors that are not even all related, but they all get along and help each other. Mm-hmm. And the camera like zooms out like kind of midway through this anecdote. And now we go to the Pan-African festival that's been mentioned a couple times mm-hmm. throughout the film. And, you know, there's like dancing and drumming and people are dressed in colorful clothes and the family like all walks together the Delms family and Mari is with them too and then Daniel comes over to say hi and he has uh he's carrying that flag we saw at the beginning Mm -hmm. and he's like oh these are freedom flags for black South Africans and Mari's like oh yeah those are banned back home and we see that Daniel like kind of thinks for a minute and then he's like here have mine so like we see that like he's willing to have an open mind about her when kind of in the last scene he was sort of saying like just sort of alluding to like this girl is probably part of the problem and now we see that even he is like yeah maybe she's not so bad maybe she's like open to like learning and then so uh, Ron gives a speech at the festival and he quotes FDR who he calls one of the best American presidents um socialist king yeah right i'm like (laughs) like it makes sense that ron a socialist would love him we don't have time to get into fdr's racism but oh god (laughs) yeah we don't have enough time for all the problems in the world but yeah he gives this speech you know he talks about like fdr's idea for freedoms and how these freedoms should be universal but they're not yet for everyone in the world and he says he has a new friend from south africa Mm. and he he shares this anecdote that she shared with him about the weaver bird um And yeah, I mean, he just gives like a really nice speech. Like it's simple, but like, I like it. Like I like how he kind of says like all humans have in common the need, the desperate need to be free. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I I guess what I like about this speech is like, although it's like simple, it like still is ultimately like quite political, which I loved to see on the Disney channel. Yeah, this (laughs) is incredibly political. So now we are ultimately back at the airport and the Dellums are saying bye to Mari and sending her on her way. I know, it's so sad because ultimately she has to go back. I know, it's like so sad. Yeah, I know. 
I wish her family was like shittier to her, so it could be like she had no. She has to, to go. go. I know that's but true. They like, love more, her ass. It makes it more complicated that they're like nice to her and they love her. But you know that's good, Nora. We need to have I know these complex that's situations. That's what I love. Yeah, yeah. On film, and Ron says you're a tremendous little girl. Best to you. I'm like crying. Ron, text me. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's really cute. He's hot. And so Roscoe, text me too. Literally, they're both hot. And Mari has like tears in her eyes when she says bye to Piper. She's like, "That's my friend. This is so sad. I'm gonna miss this girl." And when Mari gets home, uh, her parents are like driving the car, and Mari gets out of the car and she runs to Flora and like hugs her tight. And then she opens her denim jacket to flash that she has the freedom flag that Daniel gave her sewn inside of her jacket. I love that part. And Flora's like, you did pay attention. So then she goes into her house and she sees the weaver bird in the cage and she lets the bird out. And it's so beautiful. It's a symbol of freedom. It's a symbol. It is kind of but funny to me how the movie ends with a freeze frame on the bird. Like there's something like, kind of like I know weird it's kind of, it. It's like, it is weird. <laughs> um, and it's also like, I mean, I'm glad we don't see this because the movie would have, would have to be another hour because it'd be so complicated. But like ultimately Mari's family hasn't changed and I how know. she's going to like fit in this dynamic and if she's going to be able to hold on to the lessons she learned when she's coming back into this really racist society that is not going to change till the 90s and this is the 70s yeah it's so depressing it's uh it's gonna be tough i know and there is something that left me feeling a little flat about the fact that like the only thing we do mari see back in south africa besides like signal to flora like hey i've changed is like free a bird because i'm just to me just metaphors will never be as good as like actual shit that humans do to each other so i'm kind of just like okay you freed a bird and that's just me being a hater so you hate that she freed the bird no i mean that bird should be freed and i know that it's a symbol and it's a beautiful you wish you had like more of a moment with flora something about just the final freeze frame on the bird i'm like okay it was kind of weird (laughs) disney loves a freeze frame though like that's their favorite thing in the world i know it should have been a freeze frame on um Mari like slapping her dad. <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously, <laughs> screaming pig in his face. You need that extended ending. Is that on the DVD version? It better be. Um, but yes, that is the color of friendship. We made it <gasps> oh through. Oh my gosh. Oh, so, so there are um after the freeze frame on the bird, there's some words that appear on the screen. Mm-hmm. So the first thing says in 1986, the anti-apartheid bill co-sponsored by Congressman Ronald V. Dellums was passed by the House of Representatives. So that's the bill I talked a little bit about at the beginning that imposed sanctions on South Africa that Reagan vetoed. Um, most of the sanctions were lifted in July 1991 when South Africa took steps towards like meeting the preconditions of the act. And then the final vestiges of the act were repealed in November 1993. Mm. Um, and then there's one more sentence on screen, which says the first free elections in the history of South Africa took place in April 1994. Mm. The Dellums family was there. <gasps> oh, love it. There's a video online where you can see Nelson Mandela like casting his ballot and it's really beautiful. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that we sprinkled some history throughout the film, but you want to like talk a little bit more about yeah. I have like some more stuff so yeah. there's obviously so much to say on the topic of like apartheid and what led up to it but okay just like a little bit of quick background I'm not gonna it's probably gonna sound like I'm gonna go really in depth but I swear I'm not um because this first sentence like don't be like whoa okay <laughs> because okay the Dutch arrived in South Africa in the 17th century whoa. um the first Dutch East India Company settlement in South Africa was founded in 1652 
Um, the Cape Colony, as it was called, stayed under Dutch rule until it was annexed by the British around 1806. So South Africa was uh, part of the British Empire until 1961, technically, although it became self-governing in 1910. So, I mean, like, there was obviously, like, racism in South Africa, like, back all the way to when the Dutch first arrived, mm-hmm. but it was really the election of the Nationalist Party in 1948 that marked the beginning of apartheid. The Cold War was in its early stages, and, like, Truman was president here in the U.S., and mm-hmm. South Africa was anti-communist, which at the time was, like, kind of the only thing the U.S. cared about. So right. Truman kind of, like, set this precedent of, like kind of like quietly supporting the apartheid regime since they were like sort of seen as like an anti-communist ally and that sort of like continued with subsequent administrations of just like turning a blind eye right right. um so yeah and then okay so the united nations general assembly deemed apartheid a crime against humanity in 1966 south africa was suspended from the un in 1974 and was only readmitted in in 1994 following its transition to democracy which we touched on um some stuff that like contributed to the end of apartheid i mean there was obviously like internal protests within the country there's also international sanctions like the one that the bill we mentioned imposed and also like the cold war ending again south africa was able to like use the cold war to their advantage as like a reason they should have continued support from other countries um so in 1991 all apartheid laws were rescinded and then three years later like we've mentioned the first free elections were held um the african national congress won a social democratic party yeah and then nelson mandela so he was released from prison in february 1990 and then he won the election in 1994 which was the first free election in south africa um and they also won a normal peace prize that year yes Yeah, and he had been in prison for 27 years. Like, that's so crazy. One more thing about uh, Stephen Biko. Um, One of the things he was known for was, like, he he very much believed that, like, well-intentioned white liberals, like, had a tendency to be kind of, like, paternalistic and, like, failed to fully understand the black experience in South Africa. So he definitely advocated for black South Africans to organize independently of white people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really believed that black people needed to rid themselves of any ideas of racial inferiority. And mm-hmm. he's actually credited with popularizing the slogan, black is beautiful. Mm. Um, yeah. And then another one of his most famous quotes is, black man, you are your own. To talk a little bit more about the real Piper Dellums. Um, so she is a public and motivational speaker and author nowadays. Her like story that she wrote in this movie, like it's kind of uh, combining two different stories that the Dellums family had with two different um, foreign exchange students from South Africa. But the real Mari is pretty much based on this real girl named Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um And she was 11 instead of 14 at the time. The director and executive producer of this movie, like Nora mentioned earlier, they found this short story written by Piper Dellums and they contacted the Dellums family hoping to turn the story into a movie. And the Dellums family was consulted throughout the writing process. And um, Piper did uh, an interview with TV Guide in March 2019 where she pretty much praised the film. She called it uh, a very progressive and provocative step to confront race relations on the Disney Channel. And she also revealed that the real life Carrie was racist in ways that like weren't shown in the movie. Like this sucks. Mm. Like she would like open doors in their house with like towels over her hand and like run utensils under hot water before like eating with them. Like that kind of shit. Yes. Um, But she said that they did like in the movie, like become friends and like became, she said, quote, tremendously inseparable. 
And she said that they went to see Greece together five times in a row. Oh, cute. Um, another crazy thing is that she said, because like I was so curious about like what this like girl did when she got back to South Africa. So she said that the real Carrie did help form the first anti-apartheid student underground movement when wow. she got back there. Yeah. And that's and incredible. I know, and she even got arrested for organizing. Um love. And it's sad because I guess like she would write them letters for a bit, but then communication from her did stop and Piper and her family actually, so she said in this TV Guide interview, like, they actually assumed that she was, like, killed as a result of her activism. I mean, there's no, like, proof of that, but that's, like, kind of what she said she thinks, which is crazy. And according to Piper, Carrie's father was actually a high-ranking judge instead of a police officer. We've obviously talked a lot about, like, the real Ron, but the real Roscoe is very impressive as well. We don't see her job in the movie, but she was an attorney, definitely had, like, her own very impressive career. Mm -hmm. And her and Ron were married from 1961 to 1998, so they did get divorced. Sad. No! I know. No! Um, Also, just worth noting that this movie got very positive reviews. It won an Emmy for Outstanding Children's Program. Yes! It also won an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Comedy Series or Special. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to like say them all, but I just read a lot of really positive reviews about it online. Just everybody basically yeah. being like, wow, this really like faces racism like really head on, doesn't dumb it down. Yes. A really fun fact that I found, Eric Dellums, who is the real son of Ron Dellums, is an actor and he appears in this movie. He has a small cameo. He is the one who says the line I like about like, is the American press still playing? Oh, you know, you gorgeous. Go- Isn't that so cool? Okay, love King. I was like, oh my God. So The Color of Friendship was written by Paris Qualles. Qualis. Um, he, so his other stuff that he's done, he wrote the Rosa Parks story, which stars Angela Bassett. He wrote- Angela Bassett did, did the, the thing. thing. Viola <laughs> Davis, my woman. King. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. He also wrote A Raisin in the Sun with Diddy and Audrey McDonald, which I remember watching in school. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. His last credit was 2017, but he's definitely done just like, you know, a couple of really cool things like that. Uh, it was directed by Kevin Hooks. Um, most recently, he directed uh, some episodes of This Is Us, but he's just done like a lot of TV directing. Um And then the music is by Stanley Cook. Um, Most recently, he worked on the 2020 Hulu series Woke, but he's, again, just done a bunch of stuff. Um, Shall we talk about the cast? Hell yeah. Okay, so Shadia Simmons is Piper, and she is a Disney girl. She is. She's in Xenon. Xenon the sequel. Xenon the sequel. She's in Quince. Yes. She's in a lot of them. And And Life with Derek. Life with Derek. (gasps) She is really getting her shit done. I know. I know. She's Emily on Life with Derek. The She's Casey's friend that's like uh, always crushing on Derek, even though she's like so much cuter than him. Um, so b- Casey one, and Derek, I can't even get into it. Yeah. Save that for another day. But <laughs> something crazy about her Xenon journey is that because Raven's in the first one, mm-hmm. Shadia was recast. She came in for the second. But then they put Raven again in the third, which I get, but I'm kind it of like. Must have been Raven was just busy for the second one. There must have been like a schedule. Conflict. I know exactly what it was. She was filming Dr. Doolittle with Eddie Murphy. Oh, love. Okay. Um, also, so Shadia is no longer acting. Life with Derek was her last thing, which ended in 2009. But she's a high school teacher now and she has three kids. Love. I know. She's probably such a good teacher. I know. 
Um, Lindsay Hahn is Mari. Um, one thing I want to say is that I'm far from an expert on South African accents, but I kind of feel like she did a really good job. I thought she did a really good job, but again, I'm not an expert. Yeah, me either. I it just only, was very subtle. Yeah, the only person I follow this girl on TikTok who was like raised in South Africa for a large period of her life, but then she also lived in London for a while and also Australia for a bit. So her oh. accent is like. I, c- I can't tell what it is so maybe it's not south african but it kind of sounds like it but who even knows okay yeah because yeah I, I haven't met anyone else from south africa so i wouldn't know i, I guess i just well, felt trevor noah's from south africa right oh true yeah he is but yeah his is more strong stronger than, than mari's so maybe she didn't but i thought it was pretty good i guess that's kind of what i mean is like it's impressive to me because it's subtle it's really subtle yeah um but so she uh she was a recurring character on true blood yes. she was badly yep also, honestly, this is what I know her from. She's in this movie called Broken Bridges, which I watched on the plane home from the Mexico trip that we talked about in our last episode where we got really sunburnt. Toby Keith plays her like deadbeat dad that she reconnects with. He's like a country musician. And that movie is like burned in my brain. I have not seen it again, looked it up again, and I still get the song from it stuck in my head to this day because it's just like 11-year-old sponge brain vibes. It's like Toby and her being like, we have crossed broken bridges in our time. Whoa. Yeah, and she's in it. She's in this movie that I saw on her IMDb called Baptist at Our Barbecue, which I thought was an <laughs> insane name for a movie. Oh, my God. Baptist at Our Barbecue. Yeah. But her last credit was 2018. She's also a mom now. Cute. I know. Um, so Carl Lumbly is Ron Dellums. Um, I didn't really know him from anything else, but he's done a lot. I mean, he was in Alias, the Jennifer Garner show. He was in Dr. Sleep in 2019, which was like, you know, adaptation of Stephen King vibes. And he was in the CW show Supergirl. So he's definitely like done a lot. Oh yeah, Supergirl. I never really watched that. Yeah, me neither. Um, Penny Johnson Gerald is Roscoe. She's been on shows including 24, The Larry Sanders Show, and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Um, and most recently, she's on The Orville, um, like the sci-fi comedy drama that Seth MacFarlane created. She should be in more. I know. She's so good at acting. She's so good at acting. Flora, it was bothering me what I knew her from. So her name is Melanie Nichols King. <laughs> I wanted to say that she's in Harry and Meghan expecting the palace. Wait, what? Is she really? Maybe she's like friends with them. Is she friends with them? Or no? Oh, the the Lifetime movie? She's in the Lifetime movie. Oh my God. Harry and Megan escaping the palace. Wait, she's in that? She's in that. We should watch it it now. Okay, well, what I know her from is The Wire. She plays, um, for anyone who watches that, no spoilers because I'm not dumb, but she's uh, Kima's like girlfriend slash partner. What? She's in three Harry and Meghan lifetimes. Why? <laughs> she's also in Harry and, Meghan, Harry and Meghan becoming royal and Harry and Meghan a royal romance. <laughs> I'm really shook by this news right now. Okay. And she also apparently is in Jet Jackson, the movie, which is oh, another decom. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. I can't with her being in three Lifetime movies about Harry and Meghan. Yeah, that's pretty wow. Ahmed Stoner, who plays Daniel, the friend. I have to bring him up because he's in another DCOM. He's in Gotta Kick It Up. Love. I don't like remember enough about yeah, that I movie to know who he plays. So but long, but fun. I think we all know what we're giving Ron and Roscoe, like in terms of rating. Uh, yeah, I support interest. this union, even though they got divorced. I know, so sad. Obviously, we don't know what went on in real life, but in this movie, I just really saw two intellectual equals challenging each other to be better people, raising beautiful children, I know. tackling intense issues together, laughing at out. times. Yeah. We should write to them. Well, one of them is dead. We should parent. Child. At least one of them is dead. Oh, okay, sorry. 
It's okay. Uh, I supported them during this movie. Me too. I supported them during this movie. My favorite quote is, I don't think you're a bad person. I just think you've been taught some bad things. I I try to extend that to people as much as I can. I know I'm a white person, but I, I try to extend that to, like, for example, men. <laughs> I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I had the same one, Sarah. Well, I agree. As Nora knows, to be totally honest, I flopped and I didn't plan the Zodiac sign ahead of time. Because this one was really hard for me. Because I was just like, this movie is just so... It's really fucking what, hard. What sign has like a key sense of justice? Well, probably Virgo or Libra, to be honest. But like, it doesn't really give strong Libra vibes. I mean, it kind of does. Piper kind of has Libra vibes because she's so likable. Okay, maybe Libra because Libra is like the scales of justice, and also like Libras actually Let's do, do tend to be like um, politicians. Like that's a okay. career that they okay, often so find themselves so in. So it's fucking Libra. Okay, I'm sorry, you guys are really hearing the process today. But I'm gonna. I I don't want to. I want to be honest that like I didn't fully prepare. I don't want to. I don't want to lie. Um, That's sweet of you, girl. Thank you. So yeah, Libras are like, they do have a keen sense of justice. They also do kind of just like want to be everybody's friend. So that is kind of Piper's vibe of just Mm -hmm. like, hmm, you're not my first choice, but like we should be friends, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love Libras. And I mean, no, Libras are intellectuals and they do just like, they they care about doing the right thing, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we'll go Libra. Okay, Nora, what's your rose? My rose is Disney Channel making this movie doing it so well, not dumbing it down for children, even in the slightest. I mean, I really can't say enough about that because I do get very upset about how Disney Channel makes movies today. Yeah. And I just like, this is such a good movie. It's such a good script. It's such good casting. It has such intense ideas and they handle it really well. I don't have a specific rose other than to be like, I loved pretty much this entire movie. I know. I feel really, yeah. really similarly. Like I, I, the one thing that I had that's slightly different, but I co-sign everything you said is like, I really like that watching this movie as an adult, it's really not about the whole like two girls from different worlds become besties thing. Yeah. Like that's part of it, but it's just so much bigger than that. It's so much more specific. It's so much more political. And I was happy to realize that, to be like, oh, this isn't like a superficial. It's really not. I mean, they so could have done that. I know. And they didn't, which I love. I know. And I guess my only other thing I would say is that I liked that. It felt realistic to me for the character Mari that it took her having this experience at the embassy to like gain empathy because I feel like she is a person that's, you know, because of the nature of like what her life has been like, she's, she's selfish, she's entitled. Mm -hmm. And I think it was real that she wouldn't just be like, yeah, this is wrong. Like it took her being like, oh, this is what that feels like for you guys. Yeah, this sucks. Like I think that was real. And I just like the ways in which they didn't like let Mari off the hook too much. Like I think that was was good. I think we probably have the same thorn. What's your thorn? (laughs) Yeah, my thorn was just that they made America seem too pretty. Like there was a lot of racism at this time. I feel like they kind of brushed over a lot of America's history um especially when it came to like segregation yeah um and yeah I think that I wish there was a more obvious example of America's problems today and in the past yeah I had the exact same one and especially because I think this movie it kind of almost makes me think it was in the script and taken out because just you know knowing that this still did have to get approved by a lot of rich people. I think that like there were so many moments where it would have been really natural to be like, hey, and even here and and they didn't do it. So yeah, same one. Yep, exactly. Um, Overall rating, um, I think you went first last time. Yeah. So I mean, listen, we've said it all before. Like this movie is just so well done. Like I really do think it's the best writing, best directing, and in some ways best acting that we've seen on this entire journey of revisiting DCOMs. 
it's just like it's it's unflinching in how it addresses these issues. It tackles them head on. It's specific. It's so educational. And I just I just think like you really can't argue that it's so well done. And even though it's really heavy and really um, educational, it is like also fun to watch Mm -hmm. Um, and like interesting. Like it's it's not at all boring. No, even though it's like about history and some intense stuff. And like, you know, again, I'm a white person, so I'm very open to like any takes that anyone has about like, like I can, again, just totally see people being like, oh, it sucks that this is a movie about people of color having to teach white people to not be racist. I think that's a valid take. um, But like just knowing what I know about how this movie impacted me as a kid and now, and again, just how it measures up to every other decom in its scope, its ambition, its dedication to being like unflinchingly honest and just again how well done it is in every category. I give it an A plus. Yep, me too. I gave it an A plus too. Woo! Uh our first double A plus. Yeah. Um and I completely agree. I'm very open to if I if there is a critique of this movie that we missed. Yeah. I think what I like is that uh movies where like the person of color doesn't have the power and the white people are like helping them. That's obviously very cringy. I liked that in this scenario, like Mari has no power and she is in these people's house and she has to live by their rules and all she can do is watch and that they have way, way, way more power than her in this Mm -hmm. situation. I liked that they did that. Then like, this was a story where like Mari befriended a person of color in South Africa and then was like trying to change the system there. That would have been to me such a way worse way to do it. Really loved it. I thought it was really well done. I thought the acting was so good. The script's great. The direction's great. It's just, I think, by far the best one we've watched. Yeah. Um, I loved it. A plus. Yeah. Um, Disney Channel, thank you for like airing this. And thank I know. you for not dumbing it down for kids. Thank you. It makes me so sad to think it would not get made now. No. At least not on Disney Channel. Oh god, no. Listen, it felt really weird to do drinking game rules for this movie. We recommend being sober and actually, like Flora said, paying attention. Yeah, exactly. But in- yeah, yeah. Small sips of a wine while learning and educating yourself. There you go. Exactly. But, you know, in the interest of just like continuing with our traditions, we did come up with some drinking game rules. Drink every time we see Congressman Dellums at work. Drink every time they mention a book. Drink every time there is a scene at the Dellums dinner table. Drink every time there is a montage with Mari and Piper. Drink every time there's a scene in a car. Drink every time Roscoe says something that makes you go, so true, Roscoe. (laughs) amazing and that's the color of friendship thank you guys so much for tuning in to a lengthy episode packed with history and some complex themes we had a really good time watching this movie it's amazing please watch it and we'll talk to you guys next time bye bye